Sky Sports Radio loves talking racing. The people. The jockeys. The horses. The gate's open now. They're off and racing. Time now for Punter's Postmortem. Have a look at this. How much did this have on the field? Analysis of the weekend's racing plus your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Yeah, welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday morning, the 31st of May. Dave Stanley with you, along with our panel of experts. We've got Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey all joining us this morning. And what a weekend it was. Uh, obviously, the uh, the Group 1 racing there in Brisbane. Jamie Carr, again, just reaffirming in tabs and to punters all across the land and the world that... Boy, she can ride, and uh, she is here for a very, very long time. If you've got a call on 1353353, or you can jump on the text line 0419-767-272. Ron Duffersy, I'll say good morning to you. Welcome back from Brisbane, mate. Uh, Eagle Farm for the first time, and, well, uh, Vega 1 and Tony Gollan, he got the Group 1 Quinella. Good morning, mate. Yeah, good morning, Dave, and, uh, yeah, that's that he did, and uh, a very impressive Quinella at that, because Vega 1 had a lot of work to do from back in the field in what looked a very steadily run race and uh, he appreciated it and he appreciated being held up for the majority and just sprinting through late where Jonker was terrific first up 1200 give a kick held on and he's got him going great um Tony yeah, Jonker was uh, unfortunate he couldn't win his uh, elusive group one there as well so um a good solid race, um, hard to read because it was a bunch finish in a slowly run race. It suggests it's going to be a little bit different come the, the Stradbroke. Dean Lester in our Melbourne studio joins us this morning. Dino, I uh, hope you're doing okay down there in lockdown, mate. We're all thinking of you guys. So you had Caulfield on Saturday and uh, I tell you what, uh, the, the performance of Yonkers, I know that was uh, went off SP favourite uh, but where I was um, at Coffs Harbour, the whole joint was on, they they needed that victory good morning mate Yeah, he was one of the shortest favourites of the day, good morning Dave, and uh, he got there uh, courtesy of a terrific ride by Damien Thornton and uh, yeah, he was probably the punter's highlight, uh, I thought uh, the, probably the highlight win of the day was uh, a horse for Peter Moody and Damien Oliver. They hadn't combined to win a race at Caulfield since 2009, but uh, they combined on Saturday to win with a horse called Riot and Rose, who's now unbeaten after three starts, and uh, I think he's got a decent future. Yeah, it was very impressive in that second last race. And Glenn Munsey joins us as well. Glenn, um, you were at uh, Ramwick uh, on Saturday. Mate, how much of an effect did that wind have uh, that we were talking about on Friday? Wouldn't really know, Dave. I refused to get out of the uh, the broadcast area because it was minus a hundred. Uh, and I tell you, who didn't mind the wind there? The uh, the the younger crowd who were um, the Duff Duff music started there about race two, and I left about forty minutes after the last. And they were just sort of uh, they they hadn't reached the optimum altitude. They hadn't sort of levelled off at that stage. Uh, right. They didn't care what was going on there, just in front of the octagonal bar. Uh, for those people that know Royal Ramwick, basically alongside the Theatre of the Horse, they set up a, a sound stage with a DJ there, and they were really getting into it right throughout the day. And uh, I'm, uh, I, I know a few trainers, and that uh, did issue their concerns about the the uh, level of the sound of the doof doof uh, there, especially when the horses were in the Theatre of the Horse. Oh, so they were still playing the music while they were the horses were parading and stuff. Well, I think it, it, they were told, Dave. You know, but uh, I don't know whether anyone was a- actually, you know, really sort of, um, okay. you know, 
taking note of where the horses were and everything like that. Every time someone opened the door of our broadcast area, you could hear the, the sound ramp up about, you know, a thousand decibels and you could still hear it in, and, and our area is basically a soundproof area. So, um, you know, it was hard to know, you know when they did stop it, put it that way. But I tell you what, there was a lot of people there on Saturday. Uh, most of them uh, got inside because it was quite cool with the wind there. People were telling telling me. I know Gavin uh, and Lizzie commented on how uh, brisk it was out the front of the stand there. And uh, uh, Joyce and I were too smart. We just stayed inside. Maybe room for a uh, silent disco, Glenn. Uh, might be the go there. Well, Ron, as you would know, we're, we're sort of, I wouldn't say pioneers of the silent disco, but we have experienced that thing, Dave. And, you know, after you've had sort of 20 rushes, Dave, which is a standard day for you, uh, you should actually get involved in that silent disco. You'd be very, very good at it. Ah, the uh, well, you know what? It's good to, good to see people going to the races, though. Um, and if, if we had a good crowd there, because obviously, you know, there's so many options uh, in Sydney, as we know. And in fact, in all our capital cities, there are options. So for people to to be um, to be going, uh, I think that's great, especially when that wind is up at Royal Randwick. Let's talk about on the track. We're already getting a few texts here. Uh, before we get to the Group Ones in Brisbane, um, there's a lot of texts already about April rain. So just partners wanting to know uh, your general thoughts, maybe the three of you, on April rain. I know that uh, she went off a, a short price favourite in Sydney. Was there any excuse uh, for the defeat? What did you, you make of it, Duff, watching in Brisbane? Um, no excuse at all. She was in the right spot, ready to pounce, um, didn't finish off as um, we expect she could finish off. Uh, she was only beaten a length and a quarter, um, but I'd suggest... Um, we assess her after she probably gets to a mile if they want to do that with her. If she doesn't, uh, if she stays down in distance, I think she's, you know, there's just the run of the mill chance, you know, so of going through a few grades. But I think we expected, or a lot of us expected her to be a, a sort of a group class sort of a mare, but uh, she didn't uh, show the necessary improvement there on Saturday. Uh, what, well, I'll come to you here, Munns, because we did the punters panel on Friday. What did you make of the performance watching it live? Probably went as how um, a lot of people expected her to go, Dave. Yeah. And I know that sounds quite strange when you consider how short she was. Uh, but I now, our boys were very, very keen to lead the charge to get it out. And uh, when you consider it, it went up uh, an odds-on chance in the morning and ran $2.30, $2.40 come race time. The winner was one of the best back runners on the card. There was a couple of mammoth goes there Saturday. One of them was Dream Circle, who was $7.50 in the morning and ran sub $4. And the other was uh, Lena's, Lena's Hero, who went up $6 in the morning and ran sub $3, uh, sub $4. Uh, the market got those races absolutely perfect. And it was interesting to note, in both of those races, the favourites were dramatic drifters that had been well supported from Wednesday right through. April Rain, who went up $2.80 and was, as I said, a $1.85 chance on Saturday morning, ran $2.40. And Dream Circle was very, very heavily backed. And in the next race, Lena's Hero, who went up an $8 chance, was still $7.50 on Friday, Dave, when we did Putter's Panel. Yeah. Right, and I said was the best value runner on the card on Friday. Well, at that stage, Brutality was a $4.40 chance. Well, Brutality ran $7.50. Um, and the other one that was well-backed in that race was Royal Celebration, who was $8.50 in the morning and ran $5. 
So and and the, there was a nose between them. So those two races and the first race were the three races that there'd been uh, a big high horse leading into Saturday. The high horse was beaten, and the well-supported runner won every single one of those three races. Phyllis, we see it a lot where, you know, um, we see markets open on Wednesday, and obviously uh, prices are set. Uh, we see, you know, price snippers, good judges come along and go bang, bang, bang. Lots of fluctuations in the market. Do you find now, uh, and I'll come to the three of you, I might come to you here, Dino, first. I know you uh, tipped continuance, which was a big firmer, and... Um, as, you, as your best long shot. And they're not always going to get up, obviously, as you know. They're, they're, they're a long shot for a reason. Uh, but you stick your neck out. But do you find yourself waiting more? Because on the punters panel we had on Friday, a lot of our uh, tipsters were saying, well, I'm going to wait because I believe it'll, I'll get a better price closer to the jump. Do you find now, with these dramatic uh, fluctuations, that you, you, you're finding you're betting more late in the piece? Looking towards sort of probably being a dollar eighty. yeah. Uh Closer to jump time after scratchings, I think it touched about a dollar seventy-five just before ten o'clock, and it ran two dollars ten. So, uh, you know, if it didn't win, but you could wait with it, and and you know, the horse you mentioned that I like, Continuance, uh, yeah, it it plateaued out later. Whereas the winner, I mean, the winner was uh, when yeah. we were on air Saturday morning. It was about eight dollars fifty and ran four sixty. Yeah, Duffy, are you finding that you're betting a lot later these days? <coughs> no. Um Sometimes, yes, um, especially with if there's varying track conditions and whatever. Um, it all depends on what sort of punter you are. So what what they do early, um, some people get a, um, a feel for the market. If you're, a, if you're a $100 or a $200 punter, I think your edge is maybe if you've got a firm opinion betting early. Um, you know, you, you look at the results of the races there on Saturday. You know, if you liked Park Avenue, you you could have had nine or nine or dollars or sixteen hundred dollars six sixteen dollars on Wednesday, and it started five fifty. Um, uh, Eleven dollars on Saturday morning. Was it? I wrote yep. down nine fifty in the preview. Yeah, but oh, sorry, it it got to eleven dollars on Saturday morning. There's another race. Sorry, oh Jesus is unders. Jesus is unders. Jesus is unders. It was a dollar eighty-five into a dollar seventy by the time we did the preview on Saturday morning, and that was just after ten o'clock. It ran two dollars forty-five. Yep, yep. The yep, winner was pick. eleven dollars and ran five dollars. And Sonnet Star, we bet ten dollars. It it ran six dollars fifty. That's right. So if if you're if you're an early punter and you didn't like the favourite, there was an edge to bet early. Um, so <clears throat> that was it. Works both ways. Uh, mm. It's 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 a tricky one, you know. I I think they got it right on Saturday. There's no doubt about it. And you know, there's different. If you look at all the winners there on Saturday and see where the best price was, I haven't looked. But if it, if you bet early or if you bet late, I think it'd be about fifty fifty. What about yourself, Munns? Uh, well, I handled it awful Saturday, Dave, because I like the majority of those horses and managed to miss the price on all of them. Uh, I, I'm not an early shopper because I've got. Uh, I, I'm trying to do sort of four different meetings uh, and I'm trying to sort of, you know, get everything together for the four different meetings and the time you've got everything done is Saturday. Um, I think the edge should should have been for me on Saturday in those races where I didn't like the favourites. Yeah. And if you think they're short enough, well, the, the value is definitely going to be there. But I suppose, you know... When you look at a horse that's $2.80 to $1.85 and you say to yourself, well, it can't keep firming, 
you know, that's probably an advantage to bet then. But, you know, you, you can – I don't know anyone that's ever bet at the right time every time. No. Mm, no. Um, boys, the couple of texts here as well, just while we're, we're sort of looking at Sydney, um, and it's in relation to no compromise. This was a very good run recently at Rose Hill. Uh, got to Ramwick, big track. It was sort of a horse that we'd spoken about uh, on the, the Friday show, Duff, that, um, you know, the boys were sort of flirting around it, um, but, you know, just Waller and Berry, and it seems to have a nice future, this horse. Well, he's up at the right time of year, that's for sure, with his rating and his ability to handle softer tracks as well. So, yeah, I thought he was, he's, that's twice now we've seen him. Uh, he's come from New Zealand. He... He was good behind uh, making all that ground up behind Achiever at his first Australian run, and Achiever franked that form running well in the Derby in Queensland. So he is progressive. He looks like he'll he'll run all day. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I thought Stockman was still very, very good. I just thought it was a great ride uh, by, by Tommy Berry. That was the difference between winning and losing. He stalked, stalked, stalked. He went at the right time and um, made Stockman carry every kilo of that 60-and-a-half where... He only had the 54, so um, they sort of dominated the race, putting a gap into third, so look, it, it was a good effort. He's a horse, uh, like I said, he's up in the right time of year, and there's, there's more room to move with him as far as his rating's concerned. And just a, a text here as well, before we get to Nathan Exelby and we take a break, of course, Nathan's joining us from the BRC this morning about that big meeting, of course, in Brisbane, but... Why do you think, boys, it was such that big go for Dream Circle? Because um, it says here, second uh, um, second up form um, for three goes, three duck eggs. Do you think it was just all map-related? Well, maybe it was because he'd come back and showed he was back in form, and he was he, he's another one. Maybe he was up at the wrong time of year last time. So he's, uh, uh, I'd say that the big goes late are the... Uh, the the big the big players uh, the boys that don't want to show their hand early and and can't get on and uh, they certainly had their eye on the prize there on Saturday and I'd suggest most of them come out big winners and that was the race Dave we spoke about on Saturday uh, on Friday that had eleven runners eight were f- eight, uh, two were second up and eight were first up mm. or, or close to it and it was interesting. Um, Dream Circle was the set, one of the second-up runners with the favourite. There wasn't a lot of love for many, if any, of the first-up horses. So mm. it was probably the one you were left with, uh, and, the, and the map had a lot to do with it. I thought it was very difficult to get wide and make ground there. Typically, the leaders got three to four off the fence in the straight, but if you got sort of eight off you know, the inside and we're back in the field, uh, you found it very, very difficult to make ground there that day. All right, we'll take a break, gentlemen. Now we've got Nathan X will be joining us from the BRC, of course. Big weekend there at uh, Eagle Farm. The first real, well, the first uh, Eagle Farm meeting for the uh, the Winter Carnival and uh, with, with Group 1 Racing and we'll join Nathan next. Admire Mars has found the lead. It's Admire Mars. Unbeaten two-year-old champion. Beauty generation tiring. Admire Mars from Waikuku. It's the Japanese three-year-old colt. Admire Mars to win the mile. History-making three-year-old. They're storming down the outside. Admire Mars. Admire Mars wins the NHK Mile Cup. Exceptional outcross. New to Arrowfield in 2021. Admire Mars. Hear that? Me either. 
Because 3M Worktune's Bluetooth earmuffs feature noise reduction up to 29 dB so you can work in peace. And with Bluetooth wireless technology and premium high-fidelity speakers, you can stream music and podcasts from any device in pristine quality. Plus, with Call Connect and 30 hours of battery life, you can make and receive calls all day without removing your hearing protection. 3M Worktune's Bluetooth earmuffs, built to perform. Available at Bunnings. Pick up a pair before June 30 and they could be tax deductible. The Winter Cup 2019. Destiny's Kiss, Mazaz, Yogi with a final burst. Destiny's Kiss and Yogi dives. Oh, I'm not sure here. Destiny's Kiss, just. The Winter Cup 2020. Yulon Prince beat off the favourite Wugok. Karzoff, though, he's knuckling down on the inside. Karzoff, Wugok comes back after being clearly headed. Wugok has come back to beat Karzoff. The Winter Cup, this Saturday from Rose Hill on Sky Sports Radio. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, welcome back to Punters Postmortem with Ron Doversy, Dean Lester, Glenn Munsey, and now joined by Nathan Exelby up there in Queensland. Morning, Nathan. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Mate, great to have you on the program again. You're with Duff, Dino and Munns as well. I'll start firstly by the Jamie Carr show rolled into town on Saturday. was outstanding with Vega 1. I want to know, has she gone home or is she staying in Queensland? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, we spoke to Tony Gollan yesterday. He was waiting on an answer. Um, so you'll have to follow that up. He was hoping the answer was staying at home. But um, I'm no more enlightened on that than you guys. Yeah, Okay. She was, was at the hearing... sales at the Gold Coast yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. she stayed. I think she stayed, and I th- I'm sure yeah, she's... I'm not at... sure about long-term, though. No. I think she might be there for Saturday, though. Mm. Maybe Stradbroke's up in the air. I'm mm. sure I read something yesterday. I'm not sure. I can't... Don't take that as gospel. I read a horse that she might be booked for, but we'll see. What did you What did you make of that, uh, that performance uh, of Vega 1, Nathan? Yeah, well, they're very even, these sprinters, aren't they? The, the top ones were obviously below their best or didn't have any luck, and then it sort of evens right out after that. And he, he'd loomed a couple of times, Vega one, so I think it was a matter of the fact he'd had the best part of a year off. It just took him those extra runs to get fit, and Tony Gollan made the point he's, he wouldn't normally run him in that 1,000-metre race first up, which he did, and he said he just did. He felt he was a little behind the eight ball, and that's what it's just taken him a little time, and, and Saturday it all came together. He, his fitness was there, and... Gifted by a great ride, a brave ride, and um, he was able to get over them. All right, Duff, what did you make uh, of the Tab Kingsford Smith? I mean, you mentioned at the start, Jonker, you know, looked to be getting some really good fractionals in front. What about the run of Senor Fox, too, back on the dry deck? Yep, he, he just loves uh, dry tracks, um, Senor Fox, and he he run to his best there, typical Snowden time, especially at weight for age. So he did an excellent job. I thought the disappointments of the race were trekking. And Savitiano, who I, I think I may have read she pulled up a little bit lame, yes. which, uh, which is unfortunate because she All was All the horses checked. that were examined on Friday pulled up sore Saturday. Mm, that's not a good look. Uh, anyway, uh, they, they bloomed at the right time in the right, um, in the right situation and disappointed. I think uh, as far as looking forward to the Stradbroke's concerns out of that race outside the winner, I would think I liked the run of Victorum. Um, he over-raced between horses. He was tight. Uh, I, I reckon he thrived in Queensland, just looking at him. And he's a little smoky for the Stradbroke at 25-1. to 1. And I thought Savage to Excel did enough. 
was he was very good. He, he, he I think he should have maybe considering his pattern this horse. I know it's hard to take Jonker on. He should he was the one that should have been let stride because he's tough and he keeps going. So mm. he, I thought it was uh, nice to see him uh, back up that Goodwood run and the and the Mackay win as well with a another encouraging performance. So he's not out of it. Uh, he goes for a spell, Gitra, being uh, with a bit of a heel problem. And other than that, I, like I said earlier, I think it's a very hard race to read as far as um, just the way the race was run and how it, how it set up. Dino, I know you were watching from Melbourne. Uh, what, what did you make of the race? I know Duff's covered a lot of ground there, but was, uh, are you in the similar um, thought process with Victorum? Yeah, I, I am, Dave, and but I, I just think uh, the the tempo of the race uh, was was uh, such that it, it looked like it'd be like that a little bit on paper pre-race, and that's how you know often they don't play out like that, but it did. And uh, I, I would think though that get to a Stradbroke uh, handicap, uh, horses taking their chances with a light weight, and you got a totally different dynamic. So I don't know how this form translates going forward to a couple of weeks. All right, Munns, uh, from a betting point of view, just on this race, not looking uh, crystal balling, looking forward, I mean, was there money around for, for Gollon's pair? Um, well, it sort of held its spot there in, in the market, Dave. Uh, Jonker was always a shorter price, and I think they ran nearly equal equal prices, just uh, into double figures, both of them. Um, I, I think what the, the track showed on Saturday was don't be scared to back a back marker at Eagle Farm especially if it draws inside because the fields break up so much when they turn for home, right? And I know, you know, everyone raves, is raving about, you know, the ride from Jamie Carr on, on Vega 1, but she just, she just waited, she waited, she waited, and she got the run in the thing. There is no point taking off at the old crossing at Eagle Farm lot they used to to make ground from back in the field. You are much, much better... Waiting, 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 because the field, when they turn for home, spread like marbles on the floor, right? So a patient ride is going to win the Stradbroke. Mm. I'm going to give the track a wrap. Um, I was winning there, you know, wanting to pull holes in it and listening to people with, um, rolling their eyes at the track. It looks awful, but it played. I thought it played well. I thought it played well. It's uh, maybe one or two off the fence early on, uh, which is no issue with me. And... Uh, it uh, they were they weren't busting any records, so there was I, I thought there was enough give in it. Most horses had their chance, and if that's what they're going to serve up for the rest of the carnival, I think we we can bet with confidence. What, what was it, Nathan, on the track? Uh, was it his usual firm self? Was there a tiny bit of give in it? Because obviously, and as there always was going to be with those horses past fit, uh, and then obviously pulling up with <clears> issues. I mean, automatically you get. You know, everyone jumping on and saying, "Oh, well, they shouldn't have been racing all this." But it's like, you know, the the the, the police, the the, the stewards, uh, and the vet that the decision was made. So, you know, that was the decision made. Um, the the horses ran, but was it firmer than normal? Yeah, I, I don't think what happened to those three's got anything to do with it. No, no well, it's compared to the summer, the summer where it was, it was flint hard in the summer, so the grass is a lot longer now. So, as Ron said, there is more giving it. It's like. It's a horses for courses track. Like some horses just don't let down. You can be on one there at Eagle Farm. You think, Jesus travelled well to the turn, and then they go to let it down, and it doesn't find. So that that unfortunately does happen. But you know, one thing it is, it is fair. You can win from anywhere on the track there. I think Glenn made a good point that you need to conserve that energy to the turn, and then they can sort of win from anywhere there. But you, 
want to conserve energy in the run and then save it up for the end. Yeah, Duff, look at that horses for horses angle. Profit, who was a sensational go in the first, it had nine starts at Eagle Farm for two wins and five placings. Genzai the Warfield was a 40 to 1 chance in the second race. It had six starts at Eagle Farm for a win and four placings. And Apache Chase has won five races in its life, all at Eagle Farm, and hasn't won a race away from there and is four for four at 1400. Let's talk yep. the, the let's talk the Derby boys. Uh, I'll come to you here, Duff. Uh, we often talk about when well, we're talking about Jamie Carr and brilliant rides, etc. But I tell you what, uh, they should be showing the ride of Cookaracha and especially Senor Tober in the Predator Schools for many years to come. They were our pearlers. Yeah, the two big guns, um, you know, McDonald and Bowman. Um, they got the the firepower under underneath them with the Wallop here, but they. Uh, they singled out there. It was a great go, wasn't it? He, he'd set up well, Cucaracha. The timing was perfect with him. He's running the rough habit was great. And he delivered the goods with a good ride. He, Senor Toba's a real promising horse. He's, he's going to really make the grade, this, this fella. He's, he's untapped. It's only his sixth start. He's come back in great form. Like when He won the pack of plate. Um, was an, also an eye catcher in the rough habit. And he delivered the goods there on Saturday from a wide draw. He was... I think well most any, most of his supporters dropped off him because you know he may be thinking he had to drag too far back from that wide draw. But Bowman had a go. He went forward, got in front of five or six, and uh, nearly uh, pulled off a very good ride in his own right. So yep, they were they were very good. Explosive Jack. He I don't think it was his. He was the one that probably wanted to draw a little bit wider. He, he's a big, bold, work into it type of stayer, and he just got hit a few speed humps in the run there. And I think still think there was plenty of merit in his performance. He's had a magnificent preparation. Achiever was good, considering it was dry and horrifying. I think they got something to work with with him in the spring. But uh, uh, just a, uh, the typical Chris Waller set up and uh, deliver on the right day. What did you make, Dino, of uh, of Explosive Jack? I thought he ran well. Uh, he's he's had a, a very very deep prep, obviously, but uh, yeah, the timing is right with the the Waller pair. And I thought James McDonald and Hugh Bowman, uh, both in this race and in the earlier race when they uh, Quinella that uh, with reload and so you win. They just showed maybe it's the time they both spent riding in Europe that patience in the in the you know staying races and that you know to be honest you know they're, they're probably a, a bit more experienced than a lot of riders that going over a mile and a half plus and uh, I thought they were just beautifully constructed rides both you know either one deserved to win the derby uh, for different reasons from an inside draw and an outside draw but I thought they were both uh, terrific but uh, I thought the derby was a pretty good race because they went along at a good speed you know it was a, it was a proper test with uh, Maranoa rolling along at such a good speed. And then uh, I'll come to you here, Nath, uh, on Ayrton. Uh, and we'll get comment from all the boys here. Obviously, there was a lot of uh, a lot of hype about Ayrton. Apache Chase, Desley Forster joined our sister station, Radio Tab, on Saturday morning. And uh, I just saw a bit of a, a, a social chat where she must have... I love Desley. She must have got stuck into... Um, to Stephen Hewlett uh, in sort of saying, hang on, don't forget about my bloke. He'll be there and the other horse will have to be bloody good to get past him. And it proved that. I mean, it was a lovely ride by Jay Byrne. And, geez, he's, he's pretty tough, this Apache Chase. He's certainly tough. She doesn't mind a bit of siege mentality, Desley. So that, that set up on, on Saturday was a perfect scenario for her with everyone sort of forgetting about her, her horse. I should say almost everyone, Ron didn't. But she just loved that sort of thing. And then when it came to plan 
to fruition for her when he was able to fight it off. You, you just saw saw all that emotion come out in Desley, and uh, it's terrific. It's funny, she's you'll get her there and that completely pumped up straight after the race, but then you get her on the next morning and, and much more reserved. So the adrenaline gets flowing, but she's much more reserved when she's had time to settle down. But they were great pictures we saw after the race, running of that race. Uh, Ronnie, did Desley have you in her eye line when she was charging there after the race and you dodged out of the way and left Radley standing there? Three steps back. I've been in that situation with Des before (laughs) and been in a headlock and she doesn't let go too easy, I can tell you. So uh, she's great for racing. She's a, I love Desi. She's a great trainer, uh, knows the horses backwards. She's passionate and she's got herself a good horse and uh, he, he, he... you know, he, he can run well in the Stradbroke if he can find the lead and just run him into the ground there, that's, which he loves to do. He goes fast enough to get him off the bit, and then he just keeps fighting. He's got a, he's a real fighter, that horse, and uh, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't give up on Ayrton. He's, um, he was far from disgrace. He's, uh, he's six months away, that horse. He'll, he'll probably win the Gunsind, go to the paddock and come back a real um, mm. spring option. Mick Price doesn't get it, get it too much wrong. Um, he's a good horse, Amish boy. He's uh, 14 starts, one win, but just look at the races he's running and where he's been placed in. Uh, he could easily have a much, much better record than what he's got. What about yourself, Dino? What would you make of Ayrton? Ayrton, I thought he... Look, if he wasn't such a short price favourite, he was fine. He's just a baby, I, I think. He, he, I think he showed his inexperience to, to pressure on Saturday. He's often run fast time, but he's done it on his terms. Saturday, he had to do it on another horse's terms. He'll learn a lot. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, as Duff said, he'll win the gun send. I'd be thinking he'd be a nice golden rose horse. Uh, going, mm. uh, golden eagle, I should say, going forward. Um, I, I thought the, the winner was terrific. And as Duff said about Amish Boy, I mean, he has only the one win, but uh, you know, third in a new market, Terrific run Saturday. Uh, why won't he be a chance in the Stradbroke with a lightweight? Here's Munch, a question um, for you. What, what you price would it have been in the Stradbroke had it won? It was $3.50 <laughs> as the horse, 110th in order of entry. $3.50 to win two races. What yeah. price would it have been in the Strad he had it won? Oh, yeah. that, that, makes it a, that makes it a $2.20 chance to win the Stradbroke and the all up. Yep. Yeah, well, I would think if he had if he had got the bob the other day, he would have gone out in the market, wouldn't he? Only just falling into in that race, the expectation was he needed to win it by a couple of lengths to justify that um, that Stradbroke price. Well, go down one of the wonders wonders of the modern world. How it was three dollars fifty to start with, needing to win two races. Did you lay bet at that? Let me have a look. Uh, <laughs> that would be huge. Did. Uh, <laughs> probably did. Christmas came early. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, it's a third of the hold on the Stradbroke at the moment. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it's $26 now, and it's been averaged out at, because this is the great thing of having this computer in front of you rather than just trying to read them off a uh, screen on your phone or something, um, it's been averaged out at $3.99. So, yes, Christmas did come early in May. Nathan, appreciate you coming on, mate. Uh, and what have we got to look forward to this Saturday there at Eagle Farm? Yeah, it won't be as spectacular as what we had there last Saturday. The, the Oaks this week, and it's, it's a wide open Oaks. Chris Waller's got six of the 17 left in it, but the two favourites coming from other stables. Uh, the Morton Cup's the last, last throw of the dice to, to get into the Stradbroke. It offers a free ticket for the, for the winner, and, and there's also a new half a million dollar mares race uh, over a mile that's been introduced to the carnival this year, which you'd expect to come up reasonably strong. 
All right, fantastic. Thanks for coming on, Nathan. Nathan X will be there from the BRC. Just before we take a quick break, uh, I know that Private Eye is spelling, but Andrew on the text line just uh, alerted us to this. What about uh, he's gone to the paddock with some nice form? He he beat Duff in that guy that Queensland Guineas Apache Chase and Cookaracha was running third, so he might be. I mean, Joe uh, Pride's always spoken highly about um, Private Eye, but he's going to be definitely one to watch when oh, he comes definitely. back. Definitely, I. I backed him in that race when he won, and I thought I was disappointed with him. I thought, "Geez, he, Apache Chase has been attacked all the way. You've loomed to him. You're entitled to put four lengths on him." But then I reassessed that race. I said, "Well, how good is this Apache Chase? Has gone, and it's exactly that's how it's turned out." So you know, Joe's give Private Eye every chance. You know, just with a light coming into winter, and he'll get into the early spring and try and sprint, uh, pinch something early. Mm. We'll take a break now. By the way, punters, so the open line—it's—it's it's just that it's open. So thirteen fifty-three fifty-three. Give us a call right now. Best caller today. We've got some merchandise from Arrowfield to give away. So we'll uh, hopefully get some calls, and we'll hopefully see who the best one is. And you'll be picking up some Arrowfield merch after this uh, commercial break. Favourites impending. Red light is on. Gates open. Raising a son of champion Lonro from Jewel Group One winner Nemesin, impeccably bred. He raced in all the big races against all the good horses. Impressive. Impending's won the strap break from in her time and clearly innocent. Impending and performer photo Chautauqua or Rock Magic or clearly innocent. Then Vega Magic, Super Cash Ballad, we're a man from Uncle. Imagine winning the Everest, the Golden Slipper, Sires Produce, Golden Rose, Caulfield Guineas, Darley Sprint Classic, Lightning Stakes, Stradbroke. Impending. First yearlings at the sales now. The Winter Cup 2019. Destiny's Kiss, Mazaz. Yogi with a final burst. Destiny's Kiss and Yogi dives. Oh, I'm not sure here. Destiny's Kiss just. The Winter Cup 2020. Yulon Prince beat off the favourite Wugok. Cars off though. He's knuckling down on the inside. Cars off. Wugok comes back. After being clearly headed, Wugok has come back to beat Cars off. The Winter Cup, this Saturday from Rose Hill on Sky Sports Radio. Quality like never before at the Magic Millions National Yearling Sale on the Gold Coast, June 1 to 3. Don't miss your last chance to buy a youngster eligible for the $12.895 million Magic Millions Race Series with 23 races across six states. With 600 lots catalogued and progeny by 125 individual sires, the National Yearling Sale has something for every buyer across all levels of the market. For more and to view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com.au. Cab, we're on a mission to deliver punters confidence they're getting the best price. Introducing the lock, a new feature on your tab app. Just activate it when placing a tote win bet, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, we'll pay you the difference in cash. The lock, new on your tab app. Download today. Tab, long may we play. Excludes WA residents, available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website, gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers Help 1800 858 858. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yes, it is Punter's Postmortem and plenty of texts coming in on the text line. Keep them rolling or give us a call on 13 53 53 right now. We're going to give away 
some Arrowfield merch uh, to the best caller this morning with the best question. And I think we're going to go to Mal, who's on the line. Morning, Mal. Yes, good morning. I was just wondering, I haven't seen Greg Ryan riding for since about December or November last year. I, was, I can't understand. I can't find anything. What's happened to him? He's taken a break to help his son. Uh, his son, I think, was uh, was cutting down trees or something like that. But he's definitely been. He, he took a break from oh, racing. I see. It wasn't a forced break. Or no, 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 no. He just he had no. enough. When you recover as much ground in uh, twelve months as Greg Ryan does, imagine how much he's covered in the last twenty years. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I'm missing him. <laughs> I'm missing him when I on the punt. Okay. Yeah, well, well, he, he showed his versatility a few times. Uh, I remember, oh, it was it was a Western meeting there one day. There was something wrong. He jumped on the tractor uh, right. to help something at the barriers. Uh, exactly <laughs> there was right. another day he did something <laughs> else. He's a, he's a mechanic by trade. Um, yep. You know, there's been problems with uh, machinery and that. He's fixed that at the races. But, uh, yeah, he's just taking a, a break away from racing at the moment. Fair enough. Okay. Thank Beautiful. you very much. Thank you, Mel. Mel, uh, we've got Cameron on the line. Morning, Cameron. Hey, mate, how are you? Very good, mate. What's your question? Uh, front page. Just seeing where that horse is at. Uh, I don't know if Dean Lester would know. Dominated one in Melbourne and then come, I think it was a Kosciuszko. Yeah, and then it he, got yeah. scratched the morning of. Yeah, I think he had a uh, suspensory injury. It was uh, heartbreaking for them. He had to go back out the paddock with an yeah, injury. It was, so it's really, yeah, yeah, it was a severe injury, yeah. So, out for a very long time? Or? Yeah, I'd say... Actually it's... listed as active on Racing Australia, so it might be it's back, back in, in work. It might be doing okay. rehab or something, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, it was a very good horse, so, yeah. Beautiful, Cameron. No, well, there you go. He's uh, he's on his way back. Speaking of horse on the way back, great to see Rothfire last week, those shots coming out of Brisbane with Benny Thompson just doing a bit of cantering around uh, Eagle Farm, so that's great stuff. We'll hopefully see him back soon, and... Down here for a Sydney Spring. Des is on the line. Morning, Des. Good morning. How are you guys? Good, mate. What's your question? Oh, this is just mainly to all of you, but, uh, but to Mr. Munzer, you were saying about uh, the ride on Vega 1. I, I thought it was just magnificent by Jamie Carr. And he's right. That you had you know, to get the gaps through, but also she's got the courage to take gaps. And I think the horses um, get uh, confidence off her. She's so kind to them. And, wasn't long back she got Cascadian to win in a big race when a lot of the other jockeys um, couldn't get Cascadian to win. Every time I watch a ride, even if the horse gets pleased, she just gives it every chance, every time. Well, another perfect ride from her on Saturday was Carifroni. It was. Yeah, it was a beautiful ride. It was absolute ripper. She um, went forward, knew she was going to eventually get in. She slotted in 1-1, cruised up. It's all over. You go the early crow and um, gets run down. But anyway, they, they, he'll keep for the Brisbane Cup. Yeah, well, she's just fantastic. Thank you, guys. Thank you, mate. There's a, actually a good text here wrapping you guys from uh, the geezer. It goes, uh, thanks, boys. Um, they, how you give the horses to follow, which we'll give at the end of the program today. I always black book them and bid on the trifecta if they're all in the same race. It paid off on Saturday at Eagle Farm because it, uh, you'd all put Spirit Ridge, Cariff, Rondonella, at some point in the horses to follow, and that trifecta 800. So um, well done there, boys, with some horses to follow. Uh, now, our next caller on the line, um, well, we did have Des, and I don't know if we... No, that's no, we don't have... Uh, don't, Des has just left us. Uh, what about this text? I'll come down to you here, uh, Dino. You mentioned that horse of um, that Ollie Road here 
in the last. How good do you think uh, he is for moods? Right and Rose? Yes. Uh, yeah, he's – look, I think he's very smart. What I love about him is all three starts, the deeper he's got into the race, the better he's gone. So he's the son of pins. He's big, strong. Um, heard Peter Moody on Melbourne Radio earlier mention he may back him up this Saturday over 2,000 metres just to give him that run at 2,000 and then put him away. Uh, he's – yeah, he's got a really – Really bright future. I don't know where it takes him, uh, but you know, I'm sure he's a, you know, probably a stakes horse in the making at least. He's All unbeaten, right. isn't he? Is he, only he is. Yep. Yeah. He yep. ran the track record on the synthetic. He won on the, won on the wet first start at Maui on soft six. Then he won on the synthetic, and then the that was the one thing about Caulfield Saturday. The ground was very firm, uh, and uh, they ran very quick times all day. But yeah, he he towed them up there and and did it running away. I, I love. The way he sort of the deeper he got into the race, the better he went. Speaking of moods, he was on. I uh, see uh, the UK equivalent of Thoroughbred Weekly. Uh, one of the yes. one of the, the this morning talking uh, with Mister Luck, and he sort of said in a a, um, a show he does uh, for one of the other bookies uh, that you know the the Aussie trainers are are better in his opinion than than overseas. I mean, um, what are we? He's good for racing, boys. Peter Moody. Yeah. doubled down on it again this morning yes. so, uh, on Melbourne Radio. He's uh, he's gone again because uh, Matt Chapman uh, bit back uh, on English uh, what, TV. What did or... he What did he say this morning on Melbourne Radio, Dino? Oh, he just said that the, the diversity of uh, the trainers they're not locked into one idea. That uh, and oh, I totally agree with him that you wouldn't see a, a, a European horse win a Melbourne Cup like at Talak or Jeune and come back and win a and all stakes first up over 1,400 and, and they're locked into training them to their pedigrees and they started a mile and a half because that was what their pedigree suggests and, you know, you'd miss out on, you know, if you, you went on that stuff, you'd miss out on a Kingston Town winning a Sydney Cup because he was by Bletchingly. So, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly, uh, I think uh, what Mood said was maybe a bit over the top, but I, I think there's a lot of merit to it that uh, I think our trainers uh, are, are very diversified in their and wide-eyed in their thinking. Agree. You know, I'm not I, one person. I don't want to get into a debate with his moods, but he's great for racing. He has an opinion. Um, love his style, and you know, no, he, 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 you know, he, he, there's a lot. There is merit in what he says because we train speed into Stayer's legs, where they some Europeans don't. The, 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 you know, I just they just get them fit up the hills, long grinding work, and whatever they do. Uh, where we can train some... I've seen so many horses come out here and, and, and you think they're, they're big boats and then all of a sudden they find their speed. Well, I think Managar may have been a classic case, you know, so... Yeah, and, and that's what, you know, that's his first-hand experience, Pete. Uh, that horse had run fourth in two Melbourne Cups. He got him to train and won first up over a mile with him, so... Exactly. And we do it without a pacemaker, boys. That's true. And so. has he managed to conduct every interview with a straight face moods or...? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I had to laugh. He's on. Uh, he's on that uh, program. You can find that uh, if you head to a Racing UK or one of the um, the overseas uh, channels. But um, he's obviously just sitting out the back of the patio <laughs> uh, in the flannelette shirt, uh, <laughs> and he's uh, giving it to him. It's good. It's good stuff. Um, now we've got Chris on the line. Morning, Chris. Morning, guys. I just wanted to comment on Apache Chase and Deirdre Foster decision to to say to Jim. Burns, who rode a great race on Saturday, don't get me wrong, but if you can get down to one kilo over, you can have the ride in the straddy. I just find that a bit surprising that there's a lot of good lightweight jockeys up there. I understand that Jim obviously wants the ride. He's not even sure he can get out of the weight now, 
So should they actually be looking for a, a lot of jockey as opposed to what they're doing? Well, I think you'll find by the time we get to the Stradbroke with all these lightweights in the race that uh, the, the, the most of them will be riding overweight for a start. And just the bond that he has with this horse yep. and the way he paces him, I think, personally, I'd rather with Jim Byrne on a horse like... Every horse is different, but on a horse like him, I'd uh, he, he knows how fast he's got to go on him and he, he just knows him like the back of his hand. So I've got no real, real issue if they've come out early and say, OK... Um, you're allowed to ride one over uh, as long as everyone knows and that happens every day in racing now we we get our overweights in Sydney here on uh, Wednesday afternoon where the jockeys have uh, applied for their overweights it's only a new thing in Sydney at 12 months old I'd say you could only you couldn't ride you could the only time you could ride overweight was if there was no one else available or you're on the limit so mm. now we've got blokes like so I'm just pulling Nashville Willer out he can ride and then sometimes they let him ride half over 56 and a half to 57 yeah so uh, we're in melbourne i think it's always been the case you know there's no discrepancy against the lightweight or a heavyweight jockey and we've we've come into line with that now as well yeah, uh, and just having a look, Jim Burns only ridden Apache Chase at his last five runs. Taylor Marshall rode him all of his uh, previous runs, and his, of his first two runs, sorry, were ridden by Mark Duplessis. So evidently, Desley thinks that he's been a horse trying to educate him, and, and Jimmy just has got the secret to him, albeit he has won two of his last three. Um, and, and we said before, he... he He's won 1,400 at Eagle Farm uh, every time he's contested a 1,400-metre race at Eagle Farm. So Desley just thinks that it's 1,400 at Eagle Farm. Jimmy is now getting him to settle in the way that he wants wants him to be racing, and she's prepared to, to forfeit the extra kilo to continue that association with Jim Byrne. Yeah, and you've got a jockey like Jim Byrne. I mean, he has won a Stradbroke like 22 years ago, so like you've got a lot of experience in that sort of race, and that that horse, uh, you know, he 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 lets him roll. He you know he goes at a good speed. So, and that's uh, yeah, I think that's something you've really got to understand. Beautiful. Thanks so much for your call, Chris. Uh, you go in the draw to win that Arrowfield merch. Uh, we've got another caller on the line. I think we've got Kurt. Uh, morning, Kurt. Hey, Dave. How are you, brother? Good, mate. Uh, what's your question for the team? Uh, mate, I just want to say what you said before about. Uh, Everyone should see J Max ride on Cookaracha because, mate, that's what run. That's what won at the race. A beautiful ride of J Mac, but Ron Senor Toba, what a run! Yeah, he's a nice horse, Kurt. He's a nice horse. He's a the nosebleeds. Yeah, he's a one for the spring, I would think. Uh, he looks a real stayer, a, a, a magnificent attitude. He just yeah, you, you could put a cracker underneath him, he wouldn't budge. He's uh, there's just a lot to like about him. He's just so switched off and and uh, cool, calm, and collected. Uh, that that horse. He's he's a nice horse. And, and I've got to say, Ron, just getting getting on with old age and they're just getting on. Um, in the past, when I was younger, Gates sort of um, you know when you start getting 21 after the barrier draw, you know you start packing shit a bit. But as you get older, Ron. I, I, I just I just put so much faith in his horse. I didn't touch my wage. I kept it there. Sure, it lost, but come on, you know. And um, it's unbelievable, Ron. Like, I think Gates, look, and I know the ride off Hubert was unreal, but as you get older, Ron, do Gates worry as much, matter as much? Um, 
Oh, different. Every race is different. You know, they, they matter if you've got, uh, you know, enough speed and a lot of speed underneath you and it makes it awkward as far as how much work to do you, you, to get across. And then there's other races you'll pick up the draw and say, well, that's just a beautiful draw barrier, 16 out of 16 for this horse because uh, he or she will just clear them at her own leisure. That's what I like. So I, I like speed horses as long as there's no other speed horses drawn underneath them. So there's all individual cases. You'll see wide draws when there's a, a heap of speed up front and you're on a back marker. So you don't worry as much about that. You just find, you know, two or three deep with, with a bit of cover to, to chime in at the right time. So each race is a different challenge as far as the speed and barriers and maps are concerned. Yeah, um, and I knew the horse has got a good turn of foot as well, so that helped me as well. Ron, can I just ask you, Tafane off that top second in the BRC sprint and Zanaya off that top fourth in the Chief De Beers, are we, we going to see him, um, you know, in the near future? Uh, well, Tafane, they pulled her out of the broodmare sale to run in the Stradbroke, so they're confident with uh, her last run, which was quite good. And mm. she is a Group 1 winner of an all-age you know, all stake, so she could well be back on track. And the market's emphasising that as well, where she's hard at $8 in the market. Zaniah, oh, jeez, I've been there many a, many a time. I've just about had enough there, but she she was pretty good the other day, so I don't know whether um, she presses onto a race like the Stradbroke and where she sits in the uh, order of entry. She'd, you know, there she'd, might be another she'd be race. She's struggling there. at 1400 first of all. Yeah, Dino? exactly. Kurt? Mate, can I just ask you, I know this is uh, probably a long shot, but it's all right for a Monday whilst I'm on the job site. $4.40, ain't she cute, with a sensationalisation uh, trial form and also the award winner uh, trial form there. Adino, today in the second at Pakenham? Uh, can certainly win, Kurt. Yep. Uh, that's a pretty good maiden, um, but she did run well last start, drops four and a half kilos and... Uh, uh, this young man, Josh Richards, is riding up a storm. So, uh, yeah, it's got a good chance. There's interesting runner there, Kurt. Um, Miss Keeler, first starter, half-sister to the Herovian. It's uh, been trialling very well. Uh, it goes it goes quite well too. Okay, beautiful. Thanks, Kurt. Uh, just on, uh, that's a beautiful little segue there. Uh, you know, unplanned because there's a few ticks here on Pinion. Uh, and what it, uh, what's your assessment of Pinion from Saturday? Same stable, yes. Uh, yeah. Look, it should have won, but that's... That, look, what I like about what Pinion's done in her two runs this time in, she used to tail out the back and, and rush home in the best sectionals of the day and everyone would rave about her runs, but they weren't wins. This time in, she's jumped, well, both times. On Saturday, she box-seated. She was just unlucky. The race just didn't open up a little bit for her. Uh, Damien Oliver sat three wide on the winner, uh, Plaquette, and knew his main danger. He's ridden Pinion. He, he knew where she was. And he made sure that she didn't get out until the race was over. She rushed through the line. She's going to win more races this preparation if she can hold that racing pattern. It was, it's much more palatable to see her in that spot. And uh, I, I really liked her run Saturday. And maybe we're saving the best or last, boys, uh, in terms of uh, good runs. But what about uh, Duff in that size produce up there in Brisbane? The run of Converge. And I see now, I'll get an update from Munns when he comes around, but uh, the... And a favourite now in the all-in market for the JJ Atkins. It was a run. Oh, boy. Uh, hasn't he gone from strength to strength? He's just a little podgy fella that I thought, uh, you know, he's, he, I don't know if he's got much more to offer, but he's just come a long way. He, he, he was great in the Champagne, and he won the Fernhill, and then the, he showed another... He drew wide there and 
we all expected him to go forward and do a lot of work, but he, he, went, he back. went back. He was ridden quietly, and and uh, he was with um, he was Port with Louis. the yes, he was with Port Louis at the same stage, and Port Louis got the dream run through the middle and left Converge in his wake, but Converge really rallied late, and that was a a real black book. JJ uh, Atkins type of performances, uh, type of performance. There's talk of um, there's talk of him maybe getting a Hong Kong offer for Converge. So we'll just wait and um, okay. wait and see there. We saw that uh, good horse, uh, the Command and Conquer, who was here with Steve Tregay in Queensland in those red and white colours, go up last night and win first up for David Hayes uh, there. Um, a good result. I mean, we've seen these good horses go up there and just just doing good things, aren't we? Well, well they're paying big money for the, for nice yeah. horses. You know, they uh, they're not all, not all going to get a result, but uh, um, yeah, that uh, that commanded conquer. He's a he won there person. under the name of Naboo Attack. Yeah, mm. he's about six hundred and something kilos. Yeah, he's huge. Uh, on that JJ Atkins market to Munns, because I know you got uh, Larry with you. So Converge now favourite. Did they? Are they keen to take that four dollars, or are they still looking at others in the no, race? Well, he's, actually look- the, he's actually the most popular runner in the race now, Dave. Okay. Um, he's a four dollar chance, and the majority of money has come for him. Uh, actually, eighty five, if not ninety percent of the money has come for him since he's been four dollars. So there wasn't anything for him before that. He's been averaged out. Uh, when you consider he's a four dollar chance now at four dollars eighty two, so that shows you how much money's actually come for him at the four dollars. In front of Port Louis at five, Tiger of Malay, the winner there at seven, overpass eleven. Giannis, I've been there, Prince of Boom, I think he's going the paddock, Prince of Boom. Uh Ranch Hand all at fifteen and twenty one dollars and longer the rest. Uh, we should put a market up, um uh, where Convergil settle in the JJ Atkins. Uh I'd Probably a hundred to one that'll be uh, in front of two runners when they turn for home. Mm. <laughs> Fantastic. And just on a on a punting point of view, um, this uh, arc came out uh, what yesterday. Uh, really good to see in Queensland uh, that they are going to be the first state to force corporate bookmakers to adhere to minimum limits from the time the markets open across all three codes. I think that's. Uh, that's um, well. I mean, all, as as three punters I'm talking to as well. Um, du- I mean, Duff, you can't knock that. I think that's great. I mean, this limits will still be the same. I think it's still to lose two thousand on all metro thoroughbred and a thousand on non-metro racing. But from that time, the market goes up. I think that's very important. Punters are very important part of our industry and uh, you've got to service them so you know that whether that affects the opening percentages i don't know uh but it's to each to their own if that price is up there they're entitled to get on to win what the limit is uh, so yep that's all good i hope it uh, i hope it goes across the board uh, well 2000 dave I, I can tell you 15 years ago 2000 you wouldn't even worry about someone back in the one to win 2000 wouldn't no i understand that you want it 10 I times understand. again yeah, okay, and that okay. was on a thursday Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I might ask a follow-up question here, Munns, on that. And I know that we're, um, you know, you're going down a path here where you could talk about this for hours. But why, why has it become so, so fickle? Because it's not like if there's a massive strip out there, you know, bookies have always been driving nice, nice flash cars. So why well, has that mentality come that it, it is very? Oh, no, no, we're getting scared here, and no, we're going to stay away. My personal opinion is, Dave, is the punters are far more advanced in what they have, okay. their their um, computer systems and everything like that, than what the bookies are. And, uh, you know, the old adage was, if the punter's smarter than you, you can't beat them. 
and that's that's the thing now. Um, you know, you, you look at the number of meetings that have been bet on now compared to 15 years ago, Dave, and, and 15 years ago is conservative. When I was doing the markets and the and the fixed odds betting for the tab, um, you know, we, we used to put markets up on a on a Monday or a Tuesday, all in markets for the Saturday races, and people say you're absolutely mad. You know, what would you be doing that for? And now it's de rigueur that you do something like that. And, and they dropped off doing things like that. I, I think it's very important to get the markets out there. You put a pre-post market up on a Monday or a Tuesday, that market's pretty well saddled, uh, settled come uh, Wednesday and Thursday in the old days when, when the acceptances are done because um, you know what's going there, what's not going there. You get a little bit of a feel for the market. Uh, now it's all about betting heads. And I've never known anyone to have a bet and every bet they have wins. Hmm. Uh, and now everyone is everyone has joined at the hip. As soon as one one organisation turns a runner off, every other organisation turns the same runner off. And I know that the, you know the the bigger players there, they've they've got staff there that have got a bet at the same time in five or six or seven different places to attempt to get on, because there's no mm. second bite at the cherry. It's, uh, yeah, exactly right. Um, Dino, let's get some horses to follow, mate. What do you like? Uh, Philly that should have won the first, Dave. Uh, all about Eve. Um, I like her. She beat a, I think she beat a really good filly that we'll see this week uh, called Mac and Cheese at uh, Bendigo, and then should have won Saturday. So that form's good. Right and Rose, we've spoken about, and just another one. Uh, think and fly. Uh, he was first up. They took the blinkers off him. Uh, he was three wide, no cover. He was entitled to drop out. He just kept finding the line. Now uh, he'll win pretty soon. Think and fly. Perfect. Um, uh, Duff, what are we backing, mate? What's the horses to follow? Uh, look, a couple of stable mates. Um, Joe Pride's pair, Brutality, if he gets a wet track, and Invinciano, as long as she gets a dry track. All right. And uh, Munzee, what are we following, mate? Well, I always like to pick the eyes out of a Dave and horses that probably could go back to a little bit easier races. The first is in race five at Randwick, Cream Rises uh, for Kylie Gavinlock. Came to town, albeit only a, a Wednesday sort of grade race for Saturday prize money, a benchmark 72, but it won a maiden at Gosford, a class one at Wyong. Very, very good. Never had a great deal of luck in the run. Was wide the last half of the race, mainly in the straight, which I thought was the worst place to be. Uh, the next one... Too. A bigger pardon? And got a bad bump at the top of the straight as well. Yeah, well, he protested uh, Bucko there. Um, I thought that the next one came up in race eight. He's had two runs back from a spell deal maker. He might have finished down the course in that Saturday, but I thought his last 150 metres was very, very good. Uh, and he'll probably step up in distance now. And the horse out of the last race, Bellucci Babe, absolutely airborne. Uh, I think is much, much better on a drier track. I know we got to a, a soft five there on Saturday, uh, but even a better track than that, it is dead set knocking on the door and will just be winning uh, a similar type race, say a benchmark 78, 1100 or whatever like that. Uh, I think they're the three from Saturday. Gentlemen, that's been uh, our, uh, our show this morning. Punters Post Morning. Have a wonderful week and we'll catch you all next Monday. Thanks, See you, guys. Dave.